All right, thanks for watching. It's a brand new week of Village Vice. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. And the weekend came and went and wasn't terribly eventful. I think we thought, Zach, going into the weekend that there could be a lot of movement uh, from Portal and otherwise. And uh, there just wasn't over the, the weekend, like from five o'clock Friday on through Sunday night. Yeah, after Philip Montgomery and Auburn parted ways. It, yeah. And we expected we expected kind of some guys to commit via the transfer portal. And, Brad, there is a chance that happened. You know, uh, Percy, the, the former Mississippi State tackle that's down to Auburn and Arkansas, mm -hmm. you know, he said he was just going to sign with a team. He wasn't going to make an announcement or anything like that. So, like, I guess there's a chance that something like that happened. I don't know. I'm not hinting at anything. I genuinely don't know, but it is a little weird how slow it was uh, at Auburn. Yeah. Well, and you touched on it since our last show, uh, Auburn parted ways with Philip Montgomery, uh, one season at the helm. And were you surprised by this at all? Does it surprise you? Uh, no. Yeah. No, it, it does not. It does not. And, and mainly because, I mean, Hugh Freeze, when the game went well offensively, he said, yeah, I was a part of that. I was more involved this week. And when it didn't, he said, yeah, I didn't think it was that good. I wasn't as involved as I would. I mean, he yeah, he, he wasn't very shy about what he thought, you know, what what he was able to do um, yeah. offensively this year. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. You? Uh, no, not surprised. And uh, let me say this. I, I had interactions with Coach Montgomery every week. We would go and record on Thursdays for uh, little sound bites that are played during our network pregame show. And, man, he's first class. He's professional. He's an intelligent guy. He's a good coach. Let's so let's and I have tremendous respect for for Philip Montgomery uh, and will. I mean, he handled this season with a tremendous amount of professionalism and grace and class. Yes. And uh, I'm I'm a fan of, of Philip Montgomery as, as the person. And frankly, I'm a fan of Philip Montgomery, the coach. Um, this was just a year where I think what he was asked to do and, and the fit and the mesh just didn't happen to work. Uh, it's like the periodic table of elements, right? You put you you put two hydrogens and one oxygen together, and you're going to get water. You put carbon and oxygen together, and you get something that's lethal. Like that, it's not the elements themselves that are bad. It's about the combination. And for whatever reason that we are not totally privy to every detail on, it just didn't get going the way that all parties hoped it would. Yeah, and I love that you said that. It's so normal to just as soon as a coach is let go or you know they part ways with whatever team they were a part of to just slam them and I'm not going to slam Philip Montgomery because we were all very excited when he was hired it all made sense it kind of came out of nowhere but as soon as we all did our research on Philip Montgomery and saw the type of quarterbacks that he had worked with it made a ton of sense and it just didn't work it just yeah. didn't work, and I got a feeling he'll pop up somewhere else. And I think he'll be—I think there's a chance he'll do a solid job there. It, it just the fit wasn't there, and that's not super unusual when, if you're an offensive coach and you go to work for a very well-respected offensive head coach in Hugh Freeze. Both of those guys, I mean, to get to that point in your career where you're a head coach or a, a, a high-level coordinator, which Philip Montgomery was a former head coach, at 
at big time college football, you've got it. You've got it. You've got a bit of an ego. You have to, you're an alpha dog. I mean, you're the best in a very competitive business to get to that point. And it just seems like the ideologies between these two, uh, from a scheme standpoint, didn't mesh and that's okay. That's okay. They moved on. And I think both will be better for it in the long term. I also think there is an element of, uh, what was the expectation? for him in this role. I, I wonder now, and this is easy to do with, with hindsight, but um, I, I wonder if this was a like a like a babysitter versus a nanny type situation. Now, don't take that literally. Kind of give me a little bit of rope to like understand okay. that I don't mean it literally and I'm not making a literal comparison. But if, if you have kids and you have a need for a live-in nanny, that's very different than having kids and having a need for a babysitter for three hours so you can go on a date night or get some work done or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just wonder if we've talked about the, the need to play catch up in recruiting with high school relationships and when the coordinators both were announced. Coach Freeze talked about the importance of their experience and kind of being able to hand them the, the coordinating roles so that he could focus on recruiting. And I can't help but wonder, I don't know this, it just sort of, to me, it, it, it checks the logic box to think that until Hugh Freeze felt like he could get his legs up under him from a recruiting perspective and right. get close to caught up in those relationships, um, maybe this was the plan all along to have somebody who was more temporary and not somebody that you expected to hold the position for five, six years. Well, I mean, I, I made the case that I think this is the best off-season off move for Auburn. I think this matters way more than going out and get one of these potential quarterbacks because mm -hmm. you want Hugh Freeze calling plays. That is what he's really good at. He's really good at several things that make successful head coaches. Mm -hmm. One of them is recruiting. Another is offensive scheme, and another is play calling. And you want him doing all three of those things to the best of his ability as far as time allows him to do so. And he certainly ramped up the recruiting aspect of it. In 2024, I think Auburn sees a chance to win more games because of the schedule. And I think just because of potential matchups, mm -hmm. as well as some of this young talent that you've accumulated. Hugh Freeze knows that to win, if Auburn's going to win nine games, which I think nine and three is possible. It's not what I'm predicting, but I think nine and three, 10 and two is possible with this schedule. Um, he's got to call plays. He's yeah. got to call plays, Brad. And you can't do that as effectively with Philip Montgomery there. Right. And one of the reasons that we expect, one of the reasons we expect Auburn to win more games in 24 is due in part to the time that the head coach put into recruiting and bringing in some of the new talent, the improved roster. And that's right. absolutely a part of it too. And it's easy to do this. It's easy to look ahead. And I don't want to discount or dismiss results from 2023. But at the end of the day, if you win one more game, or two more games in 23, but you miss out on one or two of the the really big time players that you think are going to contribute for the next three years. Mm -hmm. Is that worth it? Maybe it depends on the game. Maybe like, well, if we'd beaten Alabama or if we'd beaten, you know, Ole Miss or George, but we think those are games that he was pretty involved in the game plan anyway. That's right. So you know, right. is it worth it to have won one of the other games that you didn't win, but lose out on? you know, a handful of those really significant players. Yeah. And of course we don't know exactly like if that's what would have happened. We don't right. know that. 
We don't know if that trade was even necessary or not, but it did seem close with a lot of these guys towards the end there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the flips from Florida stand out, and obviously it took every second to, to keep Perry Thompson in the class, but it's like I'd rather have those guys than, you know, some of those wins. But mm -hmm. Auburn's at a point now where I think they need to be like, well, let's get both yeah. moving forward. And, and I, think that's why, I think that's why Hugh Freeze made this move. I think so, too. You have to run a little faster to catch up, but then once you're there, all right, once you've caught up, now go win the race. And, and we've already seen yeah. some of the fruits of this. I mean, go ahead and look at the 2025 class. I mean, they've yep. already got an incredible start there. It's ranked as high as third in the nation. I think 247 has it at three. I think the others have it a little bit lower, but you look at it, they've already got the three best defensive linemen in the state of Alabama. You've already got some offensive linemen that aren't really ranked yet, and you got to think they're going to shoot up the rankings once the once all of these you know national rankings catch up with what coaching staffs are doing. Yeah, and you've got uh you know you've got Falk coming in, um, which he's going to be one of the better pass rushers in this class. So there's a chance it could be even better, Brad. And I think this is the new kind of normal as far as what to expect mm -hmm. with Auburn recruiting. Cause I can't remember a time Auburn has already had this many guys signed on. They've already got two guys in the 2026 class. Yeah. And I mean, Auburn doesn't normally have many more than two guys just one year out. And so right. this is, um, this is, this is the fruits of the labor of this year of playing catch up. This is what it looks like. And now, okay, you're not necessarily at a point where you're treading water. You're still trying to catch up, but it, the gap isn't crazy anymore. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's huge. And that and that's why he had to make this move. No question. And this is all I'll add to that, um, and to kind of tie back the first point that we made about being a quiet weekend in terms of the portal. Um, again, this head coach has made no bones about the fact that he didn't concentrate as much on the portal so that he could focus on the high school guys. I don't think you, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day, so many days in a week. And so right now, this staff is focused primarily on high school and the portal is a secondary roster building element, a mm -hmm. secondary roster building element. Now, we're also still in the exploratory phase of this age of college football. So things are changing all the time. You have, to, you have to embrace them. We've seen basketball turn more away from the high school ranks, and we've seen Bruce Pearl focus a lot more on the transfer realm after last season. So I, I wonder if football starts to do the same. There's going to be a million guys in the portal every year. For right now, though, until it doesn't work, the staff is primarily with high school recruiting and the portal is secondary. And therefore, the results are going to be a little uh, more, more showy. They're going to be a little more glitzy in your high school recruiting than they are in your portal recruiting. Yeah, and I do wonder, with you saying it was a silent weekend, and, and, and you're right, I expected a lot more. You expect a lot more. We did a buy-sell segment on several things we were predicting to happen this weekend, and we were both way off on that, sadly. Yeah. But maybe. We'll see. But in regards to, you know, the attention, it's like, well, they're, they're definitely putting more attention on this recruiting class that they signed on early signing day, which is obviously huge and, and very clearly the priority of what Hugh Freeze has said consistently. But that makes sense for the first half of the window. The mm -hmm. second half of the window now where they had all these guys on campus after the dead period was lifted. We'll never know the answer to this, but like, yeah. why aren't guys committing? 
Is it because Auburn isn't putting together as good of an offer? Mm -hmm. Is it because they aren't really approaching it like most transfers like, which is very business-like? This is where I'm going to be for a year. Can you sign me? Yeah. Because Hugh Freeze and the staff, they're really good at building relationships. You don't do yeah. that with recruiting the portal. It's very much a, hey, yes, you're a fit here. We can put your position into the NFL, come visit, whatever. And, of course, every transfer, just like every recruit, has different priorities. But if Auburn truly is whiffing and missing on all of these guys, they've got to adjust because yeah. the transfer portal still is important because it doesn't matter how good you recruit, with the transfer portal being a two-way street, you're always going to lose guys that you may not want to lose and it throws off you know your projections for future seasons and you'll have to kind of tape things up via the portal so they've got to figure that out brad mm -hmm. maybe and there's a chance that they're not pushing as hard as some of the fans would like for some of these guys and what they're asking for from an nil point of view is it worth it or whatever that may be yeah um but whatever it is they've got to figure that out i think yeah it's where context helps and we just don't have, don't have all it. of it Right. And so it so and that's OK, because we're not claiming to have it. We're just talking. Right. And that's OK. And those of you watching are listening and forming your own opinions and leaving comments. And that's great, too. And we welcome that. We absolutely want that. I think you made a great point about the fact that this staff is focused on relationships and the portal ain't about relationships. It is about one year or two years or can I maximize some NIL right now for yeah. a year or two years? I think that's, in fact, I think that's a lot about what it's about. You know, I don't, I, I've long since not really believed in one school or another. We're an NFL factory and this, that, or the other. Man, if you've got talent, the NFL will find you. I watched guys from Villanova making plays last night on Sunday night football. All right. right. They'll find you if you have the talent. That's right. I think, and I saw Cole Kubelik, former Auburn center. He's all over the SEC network now. He made a great point a few days ago. I forget where I saw it, but I don't want to give him credit. Others may have talked about it, but I saw him make this point. That uh, relationships and ties to a school give you roots that go beyond your playing days. And you lose some of that when you bounce in and out of the portal and you go to two to three different places. Now, you may maximize the money that you make right now. And I absolutely believe that guys who are 18, 19, 20, 21, maybe they've never had money before. Maybe their parents made $30,000 a year, if that, and worked two jobs and three jobs. And, and now I can make $100,000, $150,000 for playing football. That's like impossible to Life-changing stuff, 100%. Literally life-changing. Yeah. So that's hard to think big picture over that right in front of you put yourself in that position you couldn't turn it down either um but but you you do lose some of the roots and the connections that can extend for 30 40 50 years beyond when you're playing on the field but that's the world we're in those are the that that's where we are in college football so you got to right. adjust that's right. All right. Hey, uh, we want to tell you about our friends at mybookie.ag. Mybookie is the best place to bet on all of your sports action. And, of course, if you're watching this on Monday, shortly after this drops, Washington and Michigan, Michigan a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Brad and I will give you our picks on that 
later. But right now, head over to mybookie.ag, use promo code next round, and you will get extra money to play with, extra money to bet with. And so they've got all the parlays, they've got player props, they've got a ton of stuff over at mybookie.ag. Use promo code next round. Go check them out. Brad, I don't know if you just saw this, but we got some breaking news here. Okay. Auburn basketball just scored on Arkansas again. <laughs> um, hey, folks, Auburn is good. They are good. This basketball team is good. We've kind of, when they came back from Brooklyn, they did what they did on the Brooklyn trip. I kind of raised an eyebrow at that and said, look, look out. This team could be dangerous. Now, Notre Dame's not going to be a tournament team. St. Bonaventure is probably not a tournament team. But to do what they did in that location and to, to flex their depth the way they did and their explosiveness, and then especially for that to carry over to Arkansas, at Arkansas, um, in a rivalry, it's become a big rivalry. Oh, Eric Muss has turned it into a big-time rivalry. And that's as loud a statement as you can make. Uh, Auburn's two-point guards are both in the top ten in assists. They're both in the top eight in assist to turnover ratio. Auburn is the only team in the top five in the SEC in both scoring offense and scoring defense. I could I could sit here and list a dozen metrics. But this is a dangerous team, and if you're not yet fully enjoying the ride, get come on. It's safe. It's safe. You can get on. You can get on now. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that was a statement for sure. And we'll learn more if that says beating beating a team by over 30 points. We'll learn if more if that says more about Auburn or more about Arkansas. I think it's going to say more about Arkansas, which is fine. But Auburn, to me right now, there's three teams at the top of the SEC, and I think there's a drop-off. I think it's Kentucky, Auburn, and Tennessee. That's the order I would go with right now as well. And then yeah. I think there's a big drop-off. And then that next year is Alabama and Florida Maybe Ole Miss. They didn't maybe. look particularly good. Um, yeah, a and maybe, maybe South Carolina. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. And we picked that game on Friday. But, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens with them moving forward, too. So, yeah, you just mentioned A&M. Auburn takes on A&M tomorrow night, 8 o'clock tip. Gross. 8 o'clock tips on, uh, on weeknights should be um, banned by the SEC. But whatever. Yeah. It makes some money. Good for them. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, another chance for Auburn to make a statement. Yeah, big time. And here's a here's a difference in this game immediately from the Arkansas game. Um, Arkansas did not have an offensive rebound for the first 15 minutes of the game. In their gym, they didn't get an offensive rebound. Auburn dominated the defensive glass. A&M is the opposite type of makeup. A&M leads the conference in offensive rebounds. The top two players in the league in offensive rebounds per game both come from Texas A&M. So one of the strengths for Auburn this year has been turning teams over, not turning it over themselves, and not allowing offensive rebounds. So therefore, you get extra possessions. The other team gets fewer possessions. Look at the box scores of all these Auburn games. Auburn's typically got 10 more shots than the other team. So if you make four of those right there, you've got a built-in opportunity for eight to 10 to 12 more points. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is an A&M team that excels at offensive rebounding. They are coming off their second lowest scoring output of the season, a surprise loss at home to LSU Saturday night. The only time they scored fewer points than that was in a game against Virginia. 
which is notorious for holding people down. So right. the challenge for Auburn, keep A&M off the glass and you know continue to affect their shots as they've been good at doing all year. All right, we're going to drop a few minutes of national championship preview in just a moment here on Village Vice. But Brad, give the people what they want. Manscaped is what you want. Can I talk to our fantasy football uh, champs or fantasy football chumps here for, for a moment? Did you win your league? No. You didn't win your league? No, Did you come in last? last place. It wasn't last, but I was closer to last than first. Well, if you're not first, you're last. Then I was last. Okay, good. Well, look, uh, it's time to shave off the didn't make the cut playoff beard. All right. No more hiding behind the facial hair. You got to embrace the clean slate with Manscaped's Beard Hedger. Uh, nothing should be as unruly as those fade trade, uh, failed trade strategies is what I'm trying to say. Failed mm -hmm. trade strategies. There it is. Uh, just embrace the victory and join the 10 million men who trust Manscaped with this special offer. Go to manscaped.com, use the code VICE. You will get 20% off and free shipping. This Beard Hedger, Zach, is a cordless trimmer. It has one guard with 20 different lengths, and it's waterproof. So no more drawers full of 20 different guards. Shower, shave as much as your heart desires. Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code VICE to get 20% off and free shipping. All right, Brad. Washington and Michigan squaring off. We mentioned it that mybookie.ag has Michigan as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that makes sense. It seemed early on there's a lot of energy towards Michigan, yeah. but as the week and the game has gotten closer, there's more excitement about Washington's offense. And it's interesting, both of these teams have either been said, okay, well, Michigan's never seen anybody like Penn State yet. They yeah. haven't played anybody like Ohio State yet. Oh, well, they haven't played anybody like, uh, like Alabama yet. They keep winning. Yeah. And then Washington, on the other side, well, they can't beat Oregon. Okay, well, they can't beat Oregon State. Okay, well, they can't beat Oregon again. Okay, oh, yeah. well, they can't beat Texas. And so both these teams, weirdly, despite being excellent, elite, and on paper just better than everybody else, they're still kind of got pockets of college football fandoms um, doubting both of these teams throughout the year, which is strange. Yeah. But because I think these are the two best teams in college football. Um, but that's kind of the storyline I've picked up over the course of the week. I do too, and let me ask, would it be that way if either of these teams played in the SEC? If they had this record and they played in the SEC, there wouldn't be the second guessing, would yeah, there? I'm, I'm Every, with you. Right. You'd add six points to the line for, for either side. If Just conference affiliation alone, I think, means that much. Michigan, ground attack, six NFL offensive linemen. Uh, they're just going to pound you. Blake Corum, most underappreciated running back in college football, perhaps. Yes. Sure. Going to grind, going to grind. They would have beaten Alabama by close to double digits if they hadn't uh, had to return punts. You know, special teams cost them tremendously in that game. Dominant team. Washington, best passing offense in college football. In the Pac-12, which was better this year than it's been in a generation. Um, tough defense. I don't know what to do with this pick. It's a, it's a, I'm so excited for this game. It's a tremendously compelling game. My gut says Michigan. And so my mm -hmm. pick is Michigan. Yeah. But my heart says Washington. And this Washington team, it feels like a special run. Like it yeah. feels like 2019 
LSU to me. But Michigan, they believe in themselves. They really got closer and closer because of all the stuff that happened off the field, whether you think they're cheaters or not. I don't really care. But like that, that yeah. brought the team closer. And Michigan doesn't care what you think either. No. And I and I think that's powerful, actually. So yeah. I, I think Michigan wins. I'm taking Michigan, but I'm pulling for Washington. This is like machine versus magic. Um because that's what Michigan, Michigan is just a machine. They're so, just a, you know, I, I felt that too, Brad, but I started thinking about it and that's almost disrespectful to Washington yeah. because they have been a machine. Yeah, that's fair too. So machine versus machine with a little magic. <laughs> you could go with that. Sure. And if you're going to do that, then you have to go with Washington in the game. I don't know. Flip a coin. This is recorded. I, so it's going to live forever. Um, not that it matters. Like nobody's coming after me if I'm wrong on this pick. Uh, but I'll go Washington. I okay. will. I, I think Washington will get it done, and um, and somebody will throw twenty five million dollars a year at Kalen DeBoer to be their next head coach. And it might be worth it. Yeah, it might be worth it. I think he's the real deal. So, Brad, that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks everybody for watching. Have a great start to your week. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Yeah.